I'd like to first read the fourth commandment, because the question is this, what does God require in the fourth commandment? And let me read that fourth commandment. You sh- um, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who's within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Uh, The second time the Lord gave that commandment, it was on Mount Sinai, uh, after Mount Sinai. It was to Moses in Deuteronomy. And you'll remember, it sounded very similar, the fourth commandment. It's a day of rest, remember to keep it. And then it ended with the Words that you must remember you were a slave in the land of Egypt. But God has redeemed you. That's why you should rest. Anyway, now we're on Lord's Day 38. What does God require in the fourth commandment? First, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained and that, especially on the day of rest, I diligently attend the church of God to hear God's word, to use the sacraments, to call publicly upon the Lord, to give Christian offerings for the poor, Second, that all the days of my life I rest from my evil works. Let the Lord work in me through his Holy Spirit and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. Congregation, beloved of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you had to pick one word, One word for the fourth commandment. You notice it's quite lengthy, so if I could narrow it down and say one word to summarize the fourth commandment, what would it be? What's your choice? Now, if you're one of the really alert ones, you would have your little bulletin out, and you're like, I think it's rest, because you see that that's going to be in the sermon this afternoon. One word. But it's not that easy, because in many ways... The church has used that kind of like a diving board, a jumping trampoline or something to start with that word, and then we're into all sorts of other areas. So if you had said, I think one word to summarize this commandment would be worship, you're on to the next level. And this afternoon, I'd like to bring the word of God to you, the ABCs. We're going to go back to the beginning because... It's not always that clear. You meet other Christians. Many Christians struggle to understand the fourth commandment. What's left of the fourth commandment? God says you shall rest. What's left of that in the New Testament? Was that rest just an Old Testament ceremony? Was that just a a shadow? That we don't really need that rest? Christ is the rest. Remember him saying, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, And I will give you rest. You know Christ is the rest. So you might, as many Christians do, would say, well, it's fulfilled. Uh, We're no longer talking about rest. We're talking worship now. And so you've just gone from the ABCs to full-out sentences and paragraphs. This might be quite simple this afternoon. The message of the fourth commandment is to rest. To rest. And we're going to see two parts to this. The Lord commands us to be generous with his gift of rest. First of all, receiving it. 
receiving the abundance of his rest, and secondly, giving it away, being generous and giving away that rest for others. Are you good at receiving gifts? Receiving gifts, I don't think we're all that good at it. Maybe, maybe you've learned to do it once in a while. Somebody gives you a financial gift and you take it and you're like, first of all, you're arguing, say, no, 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 I'd rather not. When you receive a gift, doesn't it make you feel like you're lesser? Doesn't it, doesn't it feel kind of humbling, like you're obviously not able to do things yourself? It's humbling to receive a gift. And so it takes humility, it takes trust to receive it. Do you have a hard time receiving physical help? People want to say, oh, let me hold the door for you. Let me help you up these stairs. You might like say, what do you think? Am I weak? Incapable? And you know, when somebody offers you help, it takes humility to receive that. To admit that you are not all that strong. And here is the gift of rest this afternoon. Very few take this gift. No thanks, God. I don't need a handout like that. I can do it myself. I'm fine on my own. And if you know that you are reluctant to take rest because there's so much going on, you're busy yourself, and uh, there are things you can do and get finished, well, you're going to turn that down. But you read in the scriptures that rest is right from the beginning. The first ever in the Bible to rest. Do you, do you know who is the first to ever rest in the Bible? I think the children think of uh, God resting. He created the world in six days. In the seventh, he rested. He rested and he blessed that day and he made it holy Exodus 31 says, actually, if you, if you take notes, it'll be Exodus 31, verse 17. In six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day, he rested and he was refreshed. And that's literally what your Bible says. God was refreshed. And you might have to puzzle on that, because in what way? Was God tired? Was the creator, the, the ultimate almighty God, Tired? What does it mean he was refreshed? I read that in my Bible. And you're like, took a breather. Not because he was exhausted. Stepped back that perspective on all that he had made. It was very good. And the seventh day was a day for being refreshed. For joy. For delight. And the point is to receive rest. It's going to take humility. It's going to take something of you following after your creator. Delighting in what he delights in. Taking on the same pattern. And so you say, I I need a breather. I will take that gift that he has given. I'll get that perspective. And that was, we need it. But back then, Adam and Eve in paradise. That's a perfect world. No sin. Their bodies were as energetic and healthy as could be. And God was already setting them up. You, my son, my daughter, take a breather like I did. 
takes trust. More so now, even in this broken world where there's frustration and toil, you think of the curse upon the man in his work. You remember the, the last time you were tempted to do extra work. It's going to spill over into Sunday, maybe for the students' homework on Sunday. You have deadlines. You're getting behind. So Saturday's work spills into Sunday, and Monday's work starts on Sunday already. The basic point of the fourth commandment then. You know the ABCs of the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day. And the word Sabbath, if you're great with Hebrew, you know some Jewish friend who speaks Hebrew, he would say Shabbat, which is Sabbath, right? The same word. What does that mean? Well, Shabbat, that's cease, stop, rest. Maybe Freeze. Like, stop moving. Remember that Sabbath. Against all of your survival instinct that's going to say, I I need to get stuff done. There's so much that I'm behind on. But now here's the fourth commandment. If you trust the Lord, you'll see that six days are enough. Even in this broken world. Maybe even more so in this broken world where things are frustrating. Six days to get her done. And then I can stop work and put my tools down and rest. Here is a gift from God. I will trust Him with His gift, with that refreshing gift, with that relief. I'll get some perspective so that the next six days will be more efficient, more God-honoring. So do you trust God to use that gift of rest? Or do you worry that you will get behind? Because here's the gift. Use it. The challenge of the fourth commandment. Here's a gift. Humble yourself. Put it into use. I don't know what the statistics are here. So many employees never take time off. A lot of you might get paid for sick leave. Many of you tied to their work. Do you take time off? And this is not new. There's the fourth commandment about rest in Deuteronomy 5. Remember I referenced Deuteronomy 5 has a different ending to the fourth commandment. Keep the Sabbath day, observe it. Remember you used to be slaves in the land of Egypt, but now you are free. God has freed you. You have a master who loves you. So the fourth commandment is a way of saying, Lord, thanks. Thanks for your gift. You're freeing me from oppression, from bondage, from slavery. And I don't just mean that you have freed me by Christ's death on the cross, but you have literally given me tangible sense of what it means to be freed from slavery. You're releasing me from more than guilt And sin, but practically and literally you're saying, Lord, thanks for the day. I don't have to work. You've got my schedule. You ever show the Lord your schedule? You're worried on Sunday? And you're like, Lord, here's my agenda. or Here's my Google calendar. Look at what I've got going. Sunday. Lay that in front of the Lord. I trust you with the gift. Help me get this done next week or this coming week. 
You've got my energy. You've got my health, my efficiency, my success. I trust you with it all, Lord. I will enjoy your gift. So do you receive that gift? That's the point of the fourth commandment. Show that you are humble enough to to work as God does. Six days off, one day on, uh, six days on, and one day off. Right? Show him you trust him enough to hold the the world, the universe together, and take that day off. And here's here's where I wanted to start. So our first point is here's a gift of rest. The ABCs of the commandment, the fourth commandment. You don't understand the fourth commandment unless you understand rest and relief and being refreshed. We go to the second point now. Giving rest. You know the Lord Jesus, which day of the week was the busiest day for him? He would be right. The Sabbath, the day of the Lord. The busiest day. More than any other day of the week, the Sabbath back then was on a, on a Saturday. There's, if you count it, you, you can page through the scriptures and find more miracles on that day, more healings, more preaching than ever. And our reading from Mark is great for showing that the Pharisees were good at one half of the command, this receiving rest, Especially having gone to exile. If you just have the background, you know the tradition where the Pharisees came from, you'd understand. It'd be a little more sympathetic. that The Pharisees, having gone into exile, being removed from the promised land, so often the prophets were nailing this. You have abandoned the rest that God has given you. The land is crying out for rest. I'm going to give the land rest. And so the Pharisees come back, and they've gotten their theology lesson And they're like, we are never going to forget the fourth commandment. But they forgot half of the commandment, didn't they? You know how the commandments go. We go through this in the next while. Your pastor will be working on this, do not kill. And you're like, what's the other half of that? To love and to give life. Um, Do not lie. What's the opposite of that? To tell the truth. Be honest. Uh, to, to not steal. What's the opposite of that? Be generous. So here is the Lord Jesus confronting the Pharisees. You've got half of the commandment figured out. Maybe you're taking the rest. And maybe you're, you're making sure everybody else takes the rest. But have you forgotten half of the commandment? And here is Jesus Christ. Cornered by the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are all hot and bothered because they saw the disciples having a snack in the fields. Right? They're walking through the fields. They roll some grain in their hands and they're like eating the grain. Here's the disciples, they're, they're, they're having a snack. And the Pharisees are really put out. The Pharisees are all about stopping on the Sabbath. How not to work. And so that's why we come... This afternoon, do you know what to do with the Sabbath? Do you know what to do instead of this work? Because they were absolutely out of touch with the extra work that God has for the Lord's Day. You think about it. Extra work? 
Here's a miracle, Mark chapter 3, of a man with a withered hand. And Jesus is making that point. I'm not sure if I'm insensitive when I say this, but that's kind of like a cheap miracle. I've never had trouble with a broken limb or I'd never had trouble with a foot or a hand. But it's not like a life-threatening. This is not a serious, necessary kind of miracle. And the Lord Jesus heals a man with a limp hand or a withered hand. Come on. And why pick a fight with the Pharisees? Just wait a day. Come back the next and have a miracle then. You know, sometimes there's a hill to die on. This was one of them. The Lord Jesus Christ picks this battle because the Pharisees, the leaders, the religious leaders of that day did not understand what the fourth commandment was about. They were doing all the stopping and they were not doing any work. They missed half of the commandment. So here's this miracle. And Jesus picks one that's perfect for the Sabbath day. An excellent miracle to do on the Sabbath day, on the Lord's day. Because he had just said, Mark 2 was ending with this line, the Sabbath was made for man. Man wasn't created to make the Sabbath happy. Right? The the Sabbath is not some sort of an idol that needs to be bowed down to. You have to do all the right things. And the Sabbath is like, oh, thank you, man. That was great that you did that for me. No, the Sabbath was made for man. That man has six days of the week, he's exhausted, and the Sabbath says, "Uh, I'm here for you. God sent me. I'm your gift. Use me. Here's a perfect miracle for this occasion. Look at what rest means. That this man's hand is healed. That's level one. Physically, the man has packed around some dead weight. I don't know, maybe a pound, whatever a hand weighs when it's not working. Maybe it's tied to his old arm, so you think about the dead weight of his entire arm. You're like, okay, that's a pretty useless weight to pack around for the rest of your life. But Jesus Christ picks this one. That if you're ever going to know something about rest, if you're going to know something about the fourth commandment, you're going to know, I want relief. There's own commandment for that. Jesus gave him relief. And the Lord's day is for relief. It's for giving others rest. And by rest, at least with the ABCs, right? We've got this. Physical rest. That's the beginning of the command. Serve someone a drink today, right? You say, hey, don't get up. I'll take care of that for you. Now you're on to what this fourth commandment's about. Let me do that for you. Let me do this for you. This is not a lazy boy, stay in your sofa kind of day. The Lord Jesus, if there was ever a day of the week you asked, when was the Lord Jesus most tired out? Which day of the week? You'd say, after the Sabbath day. At the end of the Sabbath day, he was exhausted. And those Old Testament priests, you think of the Old Testament days, these priests were working extra on the Sabbath day. Wasn't it something like, Normal sacrifices every day of the week. Seven times the number of sacrifices on the Sabbath day. Which day are they the most exhausted on? For us to get why the Lord has given the Lord's day, 
It's to share this gift of rest. For everyone that understands what a relief it is to be looked upon the Lord by the Lord. He looks on you with favor. He calls you beloved. You turn around and say, how can I help you and relieve you? That's why, especially for you introverts on Sunday, some of you are introverts and you'd rather curl up and read a book and avoid people. You're especially tired Monday. It's been a day of holy convocation. That's the Old Testament word for that. For gathering together, set apart for the Lord. Think worship. Think fellowship. Think a day of feasting, a day of celebration with each other. So if you're following along here, you're catching the rules of the Lord's day, the day of rest. I wonder if you wouldn't be tired. Because the Lord Jesus asked those guys, he's he's about to heal the man with the withered hand, and he's saying, do you understand what this fourth commandment is for? And he says, what's the day for? To do good or to do evil? That's easy. That's easy. Good, right? Um, Is it to heal, save life, or to kill? Oh, that's another. I, I know this one. It's for healing. That's the Lord's day. Saving life, doing good. You notice that this is going against the idea that the Sabbath is for me to just relax and chill and sleep the day through? The Lord's day is not for doing nothing. Worship, if it's worship in spirit and truth, you're going to be burning calories, right? You're going to be standing, you're going to be singing, your heart's going to be involved, and you're going to want to sit down after a worship service. You're involved in fellowship, catching up with one another, having communion with each other, chatting, figuring out where they're at, how can I pray for you? And after a worship service and meeting with the congregation, you're going to be tired. You're going to want to rest. This is a day of work. The day of rest is not a day of doing nothing. It's a change of pace, really. Resting from six days of ordinary work. The productive kind. What can I get done that's useful? And then... The seventh day, you put down your tools and you offer God your heart, soul, and mind. And you lay down your life for others. If there's ever a day of the week to lay down your life for others, like in practical things, do it on the Lord's day. There's always something I want to add about the collection being taken up on the Sabbath, on the Lord's Day. That's an important principle. This is a day of granting relief. I won't get in that right now, but just remember there's always more, even as we go through the ABCs here. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not do any work. Don't stop. If you stop there, you might think just like the Pharisees were thinking. That you're hoarding this free time. It's for you. It's a day for yourself. It's a day for your family. Oh, hang on. Have you forgotten what this commandment's about? 
Let me read it to you. Exodus 20. God says, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who's within your gates. Picture that. These words coming to Mount Sinai, God's people. Typically, an adult male is hearing the commandments at Mount Sinai. The head of the house is hearing it. The family man who has children, sons and daughters, men servants, maid servants, livestock, sojourners visiting him, showing up at his place. And God says to that man, the head of his household, your servants get to rest too. How's that going to happen? I just first want you to picture that because if we, if we were to do that today, I think the closest picture would be something like, okay, we're going to shut off the internet and the electricity. No hydro, no internet for this day. I'm not suggesting that's the way to go about it. But try to imagine what it sounded like for all his servants and all the industry to come to a full stop in the household of that believer in that day. And if you knew it was going to be a day of rest, imagine how much planning you would do. You'd make plans because you knew all your appliances wouldn't be working. Your dishwasher, your fridge, your water, your oven, your, your stove. And the point is, as the head of the household, to keep this command. Who's going to be more busy than anyone else? He is. Who's going to be thinking how to give others rest? He's got to be thinking about that. He would be the servant of that day. You catch the drift of this commandment? What Jesus is teaching, that people around you should find some relief Anyone in your care, anyone in your territory, your domain of influence, are they glad for this day? Because this day was for the relief of so many people. People around you should find rest. And it's coming from you. Every Sunday evening, I picture my dad over the kitchen sink, washing the dishes, at the end of a Sunday, so that my mom finally gets a break. I meet men and their families who on Saturday are preparing a bowl of soup, a pot of soup, because Sunday's going to be a busy day. They have this in mind. How can I give others rest? And you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg, the ABCs of the commandment. Uh, and, and you're going to notice that the Heidelberg Catechism, and it doesn't stop at physical rest. In fact, the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 38, is just referencing it barely as a day of rest, that all these things would happen on the day of rest, like worship. But please, focus on the truth, straight up, right from the beginning, when God introduced this commandment. It's a day for relief. Yes, we understand. It's going to be a day of relief from Satan's power, Satan's accusations. You'll see the spiritual meaning behind it about worship, about the eternal Sabbath. But you're burdened. You're burdened in your heart. You're burdened in your body. 
And God gives attention to his beloved and says, I actually care about your body. I sent Jesus Christ, my son, to die for you. And you, what's your only comfort in life and death? I'm not my own, but belong body and soul. It's not just soul. I belong, and he's got my body. And he's given me rest and relief. Here's a day. Hebrews 10. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. There's Hebrews 10. You might think, okay, do not neglect to meet together. And you're thinking, okay, here's a command um, to remind us to worship. But don't forget this whole thrust of Hebrews 10. Stir up one another to love and good works. There's, there's work to do. Not neglecting to meet together. There's lots of work to do when you meet together. Not neglecting that, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day coming near. So, to wrap it up. There's no way you can hear this fourth commandment and think that it's about me time. It's the Lord's day. Revelation 1 calls it the Lord's day. And if there's ever a need for a revival of the fourth commandment, to pull it up and and study it and put it into practice, it's our day. There's so much burnout and depression and discouragement and loneliness in our day. How are you going to give someone else rest on this day? How are you going to give them relief How are you going to share and encourage and pass on joy? How are you going to untie burdens? Because this is your Lord's day. This is your Lord's day. It's the day that he unties burdens from you. It's the day he gives you forgiveness. Pronounces it, declares forgiveness. It's a day of new life, new energy, new hope from the Holy Spirit. This is the day of the resurrection. Remember the Sabbath day. That's the point. Not just something to take for yourself, but to give others some of that relief. Amen.